We're reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, uh, and that starts on page 1182. Great. <clears throat> he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Let me uh, pray for us before we uh, look at God's word. Heavenly Father, we do thank you uh, for the Bible. We thank you that you speak to us uh, through it. And as we look at this uh, great uh, passage this morning, uh, we pray you'd help us to understand a little bit more of it, uh, to get to know you better, and to praise you and treat you uh, as you deserve. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you got everything uh, you need yet? Is the fridge uh, freezer full? Have you made your uh, Christmas playlist? If you've bought somebody an electronic device, have you checked that you've bought the batteries that need to be included? Uh, most importantly, uh, did you bring the right books back from university for all that swatting up you'll be doing over the next few weeks? Uh, just in case uh, any parents of students still need uh, an idea, uh, let me suggest one to you. It'd particularly be good for Rob and for Joe, uh, but I'm sure it could help the rest of you. It's, it's called a Doodle Duvet Pillowcase and Pen Set. Uh, it's a giant piece of file paper complete with printed holes, lines, and red margins on both sides. But it's actually a duvet, and it comes with 10 double-ended washout doodle colour pens. You can jot down... This is, this is the advert. You can jot down late-night thoughts work on those essays, or draw, Rob, an illustration masterpiece. What more could a student need or want than something that means they can revise all day while staying in bed? <laughs> it's got the added bonus of being completely washable as well, which may be a new experience for some of the students. <laughs> it's quite a fun idea, isn't it? But it's just a, a novelty gift, really. It's quite an expensive one. Uh, but it's something that, that nobody really uh, needs. But on a serious uh, note, as we come up to Christmas, uh, have you got uh, everything you need? I don't just mean the stuff uh, for Christmas for the few days in and around the 25th of December. Have you got everything you need uh, when it comes to God? Everything uh, to know that he's there and what he's like. Uh, everything uh, you need to be confident about when you have to give him an account for how you've lived your life. Everything you need uh, to live your life uh, as a Christian, do you have 
everything that you need. Well, the passage that we've had read to us this morning gives us an incredible description of Jesus, who God says is the one and only thing that we need. There will be a whole number of different things, won't there, over the next few weeks that we'll be fighting for our focus and our attention, things that we probably want rather than what we need. But the Apostle Paul was writing to remind a group of Christians in a place called Colossae that all they needed, all they needed was Jesus. And they needed, like we do today, to be reminded of that, that Jesus really is not just one thing uh, that we need, but everything that we need. The particular problem uh, facing them back then was that people were saying Jesus Christ was, he was a good gift, but he wasn't sufficient, he wasn't complete. Uh, he was pretty good, but he needed batteries uh, or an extension pack if he was going to be adequate and sufficient. The Colossians, they faced a message that said, Uh, that they and the rest of the world needed something more than God's gift of Jesus. In particular, if they really wanted to know God, really, they needed something more than just Jesus. They needed an extra experience or or perhaps some kind of spooky spiritual encounter, possibly in the bath, I don't know. Or if they wanted at peace with God, they were hearing they needed something more than Jesus. Faith in Jesus might get them so far, but they needed to make sure they topped up their spiritual bank balance with some good works and some student Bible study attendance and some respectable living and and certainly a few trips uh, to church at important times of the year. And if they wanted to live the Christian life properly and grow as a Christian, they were told they needed something more than Jesus. You needed to be a skilled philosopher to convince people about Jesus, especially in student halls at three o'clock in the morning. You needed some kind of extra power or strategy if you were going to win any battles with sin. You needed something more than Jesus. But this passage gives us reason to see that Jesus and Jesus alone, that That gift that we were given 2,000 years ago is all we need. And there are uh, two big reasons uh, in this uh, passage. Firstly, uh, Jesus Christ is the supreme Lord of everything. And secondly, Jesus Christ is the sufficient saviour of the world. We're going to look at those two things uh, and draw out a few Uh, implications as we go along. So first of all, uh, Jesus Christ is the supreme Lord. Have a look back at verses 15 uh, to 17 with me. It's talking uh, about Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now most of the time at Christmas we tend to be given the picture of Jesus as a cute and cuddly little baby, a chubby-cheeked 
uh, little fella with a few furry friends uh, looking in at him. That's what the Christmas cards uh, tell us. Or perhaps he's, he's a carved, uh, lifeless little wooden figure who sits on the mantelpiece for a few weeks, gathering dust before he gets put back in the box again. Uh, or for lots of people, uh, perhaps at university particularly, he's just some historical person at best. Uh, but either way, he's a pretty good excuse for plenty of drink, food, parties, uh, and a bit of time off. But that's very, very different to what Paul tells us here, isn't it? It's a remarkable uh, description of Jesus as the supreme Lord, who is God, and who reveals to us completely what God is like. Have a look at verse uh, 15 again. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Paul doesn't just mean he's, he's a picture of God, like a coin has a picture of the queen's face on it. Uh, he is God. Some of the verses from the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, not of his face, but of his nature, what God is like. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us that we see not just some, but the whole glory of God in the face of Christ. Colossians uh, 2 verse 9, you could perhaps uh, look there if you wanted to. It tells us that in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And in verse 19 of this passage, it says, In Jesus, in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus reveals God to us because he is God in human form. If we want to know God, we've got everything that we need in Jesus. We can see who he is, at what he's like. All we need to do is look at Jesus. We don't need any extra visions or extra words or some other outer body experience. We've got all that we need. Jesus is the supreme Lord of all things. It says, doesn't it, by, by him all things uh, were made. It's a pretty exhaustive list, isn't it? Things on heaven and earth, things you can see, things you can't see, uh, any kind of power you can think of. Jesus, uh, God's son, did not just exist at Christmas. He existed before the creation of the world and was fully involved in creating everything we see. So it's remarkable to think, isn't it, that to make God known to us, he became man. Not only did he create all things, though, look at verse 17. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus, if you like, is the linchpin uh, of the universe. Now, science tells us some pretty incredible things about how our world holds together. Uh, I'm informed by somebody who's far more scientific than me in an email this week that really big things like planets are kept in their orbits because of the gravitational pull of the sun and very small things are kept together because of really strong nuclear forces. There are some other forces as well, full stop. It boggles the mind though, doesn't it? And when you start to look into those things, it's really quite remarkable. But why do those forces have the characteristics they do. It's because there's somebody behind them, a supreme Lord, 
who sustains them. And Paul tells us that behind all that order is Jesus holding everything together. Can you start to see why Jesus is all we need? He's the Lord of life. We need him just to exist and to keep on existing. Uh, Just stop for a moment and breathe in and breathe out again. We're dependent on Jesus for everything. And though we don't see Jesus ruling in everybody's heart, he's behind the scenes as the ruling governor of the world. Nothing is out of his control. Not even the evil uh, that we see around us. There seems to be a lot of it this year. Jesus created all things. He's before all things. He holds all things together. He's the supreme Lord. And we're told he will inherit all things. Verse uh, 15, look with me again quickly. It says, he is the firstborn of all creation. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus uh, was created, uh, but that he will inherit everything. That's what it means. Just like a firstborn son uh, used to inherit everything of his father's estate, Jesus is the supreme Lord of creation, and he will inherit everything. Now, what Paul says should completely blow our small and insufficient uh, ideas about Jesus on a Christmas card, shouldn't it? Completely blow them out of the water. But I'm conscious that some of you will already uh, believe that. Perhaps it's just a reminder for you. But some of you here this morning may not uh, be so convinced. But just think for a moment about the historical Jesus we meet uh, in the Gospels. Who else can you think of who can calm uh, a raging storm or heal paralysed people or give dead people life just uh, with a word? Surely only the supreme Lord of everything could do that. Or think of how in control Jesus was of all of the events, even when it got nasty towards the end of his life. He knew the whole time how he would die, Uh, when he would die, who would betray him, who would deny him. He even knew the exact time. He was pulling the strings and completely in control. You might remember he said once then, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. If you're not familiar with the Gospels, can I encourage you, do do read them. Do look at the Jesus in history and you'll see that he is the supreme Lord of everything. Nature, history, everything. You could uh, come on a Christianity Explored course that we put on in in the new year and ask uh, any question uh, you like. Lucy will tell us a bit more about that uh, later on. Do uh, take up that opportunity. Jesus shows us, though, time and time again, that he is the supreme Lord of all things. And so the implication is that we desperately need him for our existence. And he should be the reference point for each of our lives. Yet you'll know, as well as I do, that so often he isn't. Uh, For many people, he is just an excuse uh, for a party. Or he's a little wooden figure that sits uh, gathering dust for a few weeks. 
then he's back in the box, even if he came out of it in the first place. But it's important we recognize uh, who Jesus is because ignoring him is the reason why the world uh, doesn't work as it ought to. Uh, God created us to love and obey him and to love love one another under his rule. But our reference point is not the supreme Lord. It's ourselves. Have you noticed that? We think much more about ourselves than we do about God, probably even this morning uh, as you came to church. It means that there's lots of uh, selfishness in our lives and across the world. It's why arguments happen uh, even uh, over pigs in blankets at Christmas. Who's going to have the last one? It's why uh, relationships break down. Uh, It's why wars break out. And we see things uh, like we did in Paris earlier in the year. It's why there's never an easy or lasting solution to any of the world's problems. Sin is what the Bible calls it, and it's a deeply rooted problem in each of us. And even when we uh, show global solidarity and hold hands around a Wembley Centre circle, or, or even when we take UN-sanctioned military action, or even when we agree global chi- climate deals, or, or we simply just resolve it at the start of a new year to be better people, which normally just means not eating chocolate, doesn't it? But the problems of our world don't go away. The root problem is that we squash out the supreme Lord of all creation. And much more than the problems that we see that that creates, uh, each of us has to answer God. Has to answer to God for that. And we face uh, his just judgment on us for squashing him out of the picture of our lives. Which is fair, really, isn't it? If we ignore the one who made us, the supreme Lord of all things, not just some chubby-cheeked baby with some animal friends. It means we're enemies. We're at odds with God. We're not friends uh, with God who have peace with him. The great news uh, about Christmas, the great news about the Christian faith is that the supreme Lord Jesus is also uh, our sufficient saviour. That's why Christians get so excited about Christmas. God coming to man, coming to earth as a man, so that he might be our sufficient saviour. A saviour who does everything, all that all of us needs to have peace with God. That's what uh, we're going to move on to look at, look at now. Verse 18 to 20, Jesus uh, is the sufficient saviour. Have a look back at those uh, verses. It says, Jesus uh, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. What Paul is saying is that Jesus is the one through which life with God, peace with God, uh, can be restored. He begins with perhaps something that's a little confusing for us. He says that Jesus is the head of the body, and he's talking about the church. Now, I googled earlier just to see what uh, the internet thinks church uh, means, and the definition 
is that it is simply a building used for public Christian worship. But in the Bible, that's not what church means. The church is described more as a a new humanity, a new community, if you like. like. Not a group of uh, perfect people who never get anything wrong. You can come along to St. Mary's in the new year and you'll find out about us that that's certainly not the case. We're not a group of perfect people who never do anything wrong. But it's a group of people who've been reconciled to God. People who have been forgiven. Ordinary people who were once ignoring God and faced his punishment, but now have peace with the one who made us. And that picture of Jesus being the head of the body uh, helps us to see that the only way to have peace with God is through Jesus. I don't think, looking down the list, that we have any biology students uh, who've gone out from St. Mary's, but it's fine. I can tell you a little bit of biology. Uh, If a head is not connected to its body... Sorry, if a body's not connected to its head, it's not very good. (laughs) The point is, uh, if we want to have peace with God, if we want life now uh, and in eternity... We are utterly dependent on Jesus. He is all that we need. It says in that verse, doesn't it, that it's through him peace uh, with God can come. Did you notice, though, these verses don't tell us that we'll have peace by searching really hard to try and find God? They don't tell us uh, that... uh, we'll have peace if we light lots of candles and sit in a dark room with our eyes closed. That might be your thing, I don't know, but you won't find God in the bath. Neither is peace something that we can earn by resolving to be better people in 2016. It says, doesn't it, that reconciliation comes through something that Jesus has done, something that Jesus has already achieved. Look at verse 20 one more time says, God reconciles us to himself by making peace by the blood of his cross. That's why he came to earth. God's not a malicious, uh, supreme, angry God who is desperate to smite us for ignoring him. He is a just God who's got to punish sin, but he's a kind uh, and gracious God. And he's done everything that's necessary so that we might not be punished but we might be reconciled to him. The Bible tells us God's punishment for sin is death, yet Jesus, the supreme Lord, became a man to spill his blood for us. It's amazing, isn't it, just to think that God uh, became a man, let alone to think that the supreme Lord of everything laid down his life to be our sufficient saviour. That's what verse 20 says is telling us that Jesus is the sufficient saviour. His act at the end of his life, not at the start of his life, dying in our place was to reconcile God to man and man to God. That's the wonderful news uh, about Jesus. That's why he's all uh, that we need for our existence and to be saved and to have peace uh, with God. And his act of dying on the cross makes possible for all things. Did you notice that? 
all things to be reconciled to God. All people, whatever your background, whatever you've done this year, whatever you've done at a university this term that perhaps you regret, his sacrifice in dying in the place of sinners is completely sufficient. It satisfies God's anger completely. We don't need anything extra, no batteries, no add-ons. When Jesus died, remember the three words he said? It is finished. Didn't say you needed to do something else as well. In other words, I've paid the price for your sin. I've been punished to completely satisfy God's anger towards you. There's nothing left to pay. Just accept uh, what I've done. Christmas, we love to accept things, don't we? We love to accept uh, presents. I don't know if you get, get excited uh, about accepting a present. If you're not a Christian, this is uh, amazing news. There is nothing you can or need to do other than accept what Jesus has done for you. He's the supreme Lord that you've ignored, but he's the sufficient saviour who's done everything you need to have peace with God. He's achieved all that's necessary. Now, most of us, if we got a, uh, a doodle duvet at Christmas, we'd probably accept it. We'd probably have uh, a wry smile, I imagine. Uh, but we'd probably accept it. We quite enjoy accepting novelty gifts, even though they last for about 10 minutes and then end up in a charity shop somewhere, probably. But we accept uh, novelty gifts, don't we? All of the time. And some of them are quite good fun. But if that's the case, how much more uh, should we be accepting Jesus? Uh, We hear a lot about, particularly with Waitrose in town now and John Lewis, essential gifts. Essential gifts from John Lewis. Well, Jesus uh, really is uh, God's essential gift to us. And he's all uh, we need. Those of you who already have accepted Jesus as the supreme Lord and the sufficient saviour. These verses are a huge reminder, aren't they? That in the busyness of getting all the things that you you need for Christmas, you already have everything that you need. You don't need a top-up. The supreme Lord who made you uh, and sustains you and has done everything that is possible to save you Or doesn't he deserve all of your praise, all of your worship, all of your life? If you've already accepted him, you're part of that body that is the church. And as the world constantly tells you, you need something more. Or more likely, you need Jesus, that's fine if you want Jesus. But you need something else as well. Well, just finally, really, really briefly, Paul's message right at the end is not, is don't add to Jesus. Continue with Jesus, just Jesus. Let me just read those uh, last few verses, verse 21 to 23. It says, And you, talking to Christians, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. 
don't move, is what Paul says. Don't shift from thinking that you need anything other than Jesus. If you've started walking with him, uh, continue uh, with him. Now, I'm conscious that uh, a student service, uh, there's a number of uh, folk who will have been uh, away. And it may be that you've struggled this term to hold fast to Jesus. Uh, Might not just be students. If that's you, well, be reminded again this morning of who Jesus is the supreme Lord of all things. But not just that, be reminded of all that he's done. He's already made peace with God possible through his blood. He's our sufficient saviour. You don't need to do anything other than come back to Jesus Christ and call him your supreme Lord and sufficient saviour. He's all that you need. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift to this world of the Lord Jesus. We thank you that in him we have everything that we need for life now and for peace uh, with you for eternity. Pray for any who do not yet uh, know you or accept you. We pray that they would come to accept the Lord Jesus and all he's done for them and all that he is. And we pray for us as Christians as we get into the busyness of the next week or so. Would you help us to hold fast to Jesus as the one who we need? We pray in his name. Amen.